Are you looking to fine tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine Tune. So with me today is a gentleman that I've had a, uh, a couple of year virtual relationship with, someone that I met after I joined his, his new business venture online. It's an interesting business. We're going to talk a little bit about it today. But I also think not just beyond the business of what he does, I think the story of how he got to where he is is also very interesting. My listeners, you know that my background is a little bit unique. I've done all kinds of things from selling Viagra to running a digital bank. Uh, I call myself a segment of one. Well, I think today I found another segment of one. So Joe Meyer is with me today. He is the founder and CEO of Exec Thread, which is, uh, well, I'll let him describe the business, but I like to say it's the secret to uncovering that unknown little thing called the retained search job market, where lots of people wish they were on the list, but really don't know often how to get on the list. And I think Joe's done a great job of bringing that to the forefront. So Joe, welcome to the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Corbin. Excellent. Joe, for full disclosure, is sitting in a non-air conditioned New Hampshire summer home and loving the heat, right? Is that, is that the story? Yeah. I'm on a five-week uh, road trip with my family to you know, socially distance in a more enjoyable way. So we rented our house out in New York and are visiting various New England states, going to different lakes and coastal towns, which is nice. But uh, awesome. this, this particular lake house uh, has no air conditioning and I'm on the second floor and uh, you know, I'm doing my best not to perspire here. But you'll get a, this car climbed Mount Washington bumper sticker at the end of it all, right? Something like that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, when I think about your background, I, I look at your story uh, through LinkedIn and it's really interesting. You know, you've gone from selling wine to consulting. You've worked uh, for the Ebays and the Apples of the world. Uh, you even had a little passion of mine in your experience where you worked for Upper Deck and, and you know, as a kid who collected uh, baseball cards. And I tell people all the time, the one time I stole something, and I'll admit it, was a pack of cards from the local variety store just for the gum with the powder on go. it. Yeah. There you go. So you go through all those experiences and you net out launching an online recruiting board. W what's that story like? It's really two things. One is following your gut and your heart and your instinct and not doing what's, you know, what everyone else is doing and not, you know, following the course, of, you know, the road less traveled has always been kind of a, an approach I've pursued. I, I'm the youngest of four brothers and, you know, maybe two or three of my older brothers kind of went down the more traditional career path. And, you know, I didn't necessarily sense a, a lot of uh, fulfillment, I guess you would call it, you know, from them taking that path. And maybe I learned from their, not their mistakes, but, you know, their, their journey. And I just remember telling my older brother what my second job out of college was going to be, which was to go work at Upper Deck and leave Gallo Winery to do that. And he kind of just shrugged his head and thought it was a really bad decision. And I was like, you know what, you know, a company's giving, you know, a company that's fast growth is giving me a chance to manage a $30 million business at the age of 23 and I'll take it. I don't see any other big company giving me that opportunity and I can go live in San Diego and work in the sports business and do something fast growth and entrepreneurial. Why not? So a 23-year-old rookie of the year selling rookie of the year products. I love it. 
Something like that. Yep. So what led you to take a look at the the space of recruitment? Obviously, over the last number of years, there's been this fairly substantial sort of trifurcation in the market, the way I've always looked at it. On one hand, you've got the complete self-serve ecosystem, which really has been dominated by LinkedIn, right? Post a job, find a job, post a job, find a job, rinse, repeat. On the other end, you've got the the more managed service play. Uh, you've got the sort of mass market recruiting firms who specialize in either local areas or certain verticals. And then you've got this little thing called the executive search firm, you know, yeah. the big glossy towers, the the business suits, and the inability for the average employee or candidate to really know what goes on behind the walls. When you took yeah. a look at the space, what was it that said, there's a business here that I can disrupt? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think a lot of my choosing what to do next in my career revolves around what I've learned more recently in my most recent uh, roles. You know, exec threads a little bit different because I never thought I would go into the executive search space. And to be quite honest, exec thread is not a recruiting firm. It's a platform. It's a community. It's a marketplace. And we're doing everything possible not to be a professional services firm. So to, to be quite honest, you know, once I reached a certain point in my career, which was probably around a dozen years ago, and I started getting approached by executive search uh, firms and, and executive recruiters, I, I always found it interesting in so far as how did they find me for this opportunity? What information did they have on me to, you know, make them determine to reach out to me or to call me or to email me? Why do they think this is the right next opportunity for me? Oftentimes, nine times out of 10, it wasn't the right next opportunity for me, which then led me from my eBay e-commerce days and my Quigo AOL ad tech days and my Hopstop Apple days of location-based services where everything is based on targeting messaging to you based on data we have on you, the end user. And I quickly found out that executive recruiters really don't have a lot of data, if any, on me, the candidate. They have my LinkedIn profile. If they're lucky, they might have a resume on me. And if they do, it's probably 10 years old since I haven't created a resume in you know, over a decade. And you know, targeting things to me based on my LinkedIn profile is so problematic for any number of reasons. You know, one, it's self-created, self-reported. Two, it's historical. You know, it's not forward uh, looking. Three, it can be embellished. Four, it can be incomplete. Five, you don't update it very often. Six, it's prone to biases, et cetera. So I just thought, you know what, there's got to be a better way of targeting these jobs to to candidates. But I didn't really know how to solve that problem. I knew it would be a data challenge. We've largely solved that problem at this point, five years later. But the real impetus behind why we started ExecThread is I was at Apple by way of an acquisition. And, you know, I committed to being there for a year. And as I was approaching my year mark, I actually started looking around for what I would do next. I ideally wanted to go start a company. I didn't have an idea I was excited enough about to do that for. So I actually started a lightweight job search. And it was the first time I had you know, been in a job search in, I don't know, again, 10 years. But I knew what it involved and it entailed. And I just found it excruciatingly inefficient and painful and unenjoyable. And a large part of that is because the vast majority of the job opportunities that you want to pursue are not publicly posted. They're confidential job opportunities worked on by retained search firms. And the only chance you have of finding out about them is if you're approached by the recruiter or if someone in your network tells you about it. And the chances of that happening are pretty slim. And even if you are, 
you know, fairly well pursued by executive recruiters, as I think I was back in those Apple days, you're only finding out about a sliver, like a, a microscopic sliver of the opportunities out there. So I just thought there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way to bring more transparency to these opportunities. And I immediately thought, you know what? I'd be willing to share the job opportunities coming across my desk that I'm not pursuing if someone that I consider to be a peer was willing to do the same. So I just started that out as a kind of an experiment with around 50 people in my network and just started out with Gmail and a, and a spreadsheet. And uh, that was the genesis of ExecThread and it, it, it grew from there. So something about that model seems so obvious and simple, but at the same time, the word scarcity comes to mind. And mm -hmm. when people are, especially in a time like now, really going through a lot of transition, obviously there's a lot of job loss right now. And while there is still a lot of opportunity in terms of net new career moves, there's a lot more competition. So how do you think through the word scarcity? I've always said, I love my barber. I love my personal trainer. God forbid I should ever tell anybody about them because the more people that want to use them, the less opportunity I'm going to have. Yeah. How, do you, how do you combat that as a, as a barrier in your business? Yeah, I mean, first off, I'll say anyone who hoards opportunities for themselves and, and isn't a believer in the give to get model and isn't a believer in paying it forward and isn't a believer in helping other people and, you know, things coming full circle, you know, that might benefit those people in the short term or in the near term, but I think in the long term, it'll catch up to them. And ExecThread's really all based on paying it forward and giving to get and helping your peers so that they in turn help you. And it's not, you know, it's not like Joe Meyer is an ExecThread member and he's helping Corby only. You know, Joe Meyer as an ExecThread member who's contributing and sharing opportunities is helping all ExecThread members and vice versa. You know, we're throwing our respective opportunities into a clearinghouse, and then that clearinghouse is figuring out how to intelligently disseminate them to the appropriate and correct members based on the preferences of those members, the affinities of those members, the engagement and behaviors of those members, and based on data targeting, which you know is something we're very strong at that executive recruiters really aren't. So to answer your question, by sharing, you get more access. You not only help your peers, but you help yourself. And then you leave it up to the technology company and the data science company to figure out how to put those right opportunities in front of the right person. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the model. And uh, I said my barber, not my job opportunities. So don't pigeonhole me like that. I, I, like I said, it wasn't directed at you. And I think, you know, for myself, having engaged with you on LinkedIn in a more personal manner as well, outside of the platform, I do see a lot of sharing of the information. It's really great. I don't know how many people I've recommended personally, but it's been a bunch. But one of the features I really do like as well is the vetting. And so in yeah. fact, today I went back in and as a member, I have the opportunity to, to, to look at other applicants to the platform and say, are they the right kind of candidate that an executive recruiter would be interested in knowing about in the market? Do they have yeah. the right pedigree? Are they on the right path? Do they have yeah. growth opportunities? How does that piece work and where does that fit in between the human vetted and then yep. this data science side? Yeah. So when I started ExecThread and it's a venture backed startup and obviously venture capitalists want to look at big market opportunities. And one of the pushbacks I received when I was initially fundraising for ExecThread from VCs was, you know what, we love, we love the model. We love the, the approach. We love the angle you're taking. We love the early traction. And we love the fact that it's curated and vetted, but how do you scale that? How do you scale something that's curated and vetted? To be quite honest, I didn't know at the time 
And that's why I said, you know, give me money and I'll figure it out. But I knew we needed to be more scalable. I knew we needed to do things in a more automated way. And I knew we also needed to do things in a more unbiased, objective way. So for example, when you're, when an executive recruiter is vetting talent, they're looking at resumes and LinkedIn profiles with their human eyes. That's not scalable and it's definitely not unbiased. So, you know, I come from a pure technology and digital background and and data background. So we knew we needed to keep the network vetted and curated because, you know, what high caliber professionals going to want to be a part of a network that is, you know, sharing such opportunities, but the quality is not there. The quality needs to be there. So we developed software that enables us to build and create profiles on any person who wants to join ExecThread in a split second with just your name and your email address. We build that profile in seconds. We also created rules and algorithms to tell us you know, exactly how to evaluate that profile and rank and score it. But that's imperfect as well, right? There's, you know, it, it's really reliant upon the amount of data we, we can collect on you. So what we do is we complement that more automated scientific way of evaluating talent. And by the way, that automated scientific way of evaluating talent is not looking at headshots. It's not looking at skin color. It's not looking at if you're a male or a female. It's not looking at, at if you're gay or straight. It's not looking at any of the ways that you know a traditional evaluator of talent can bias their opinion. It's looking at it purely by your accomplishments and your career progression. In any event, we knew we needed to complement it with a, a human touch, but we ourselves are not recruiters. And any one person on our team is not going to be able to evaluate talent scalably because that would be the traditional recruiting model. So we said, you know what? We're building a, a community of some of the best talented professionals in the world. They are hiring managers themselves. Let them evaluate the talent for us. So we created a system called Peer Review that enables us to put what we call applicants, i.e. professionals that want to join ExecThread, in front of our own members in an automated self-serve way. Give them some, give our members some loose rules as to how to potentially evaluate that talent, not strict rules. And we leave it up to the discretion of ExecThread members to, you know, vote up or vote down. But we don't rely on one vote only to make that decision. We are putting that profile in front of many ExecThread members. And there's a bunch of science and rules-based engine that determines how many yays versus nays that you get uh, that gets you in the network. Or we also throw, uh, throw away votes. So for example, I received a, an email from an ExecThread member today and he said, I peer reviewed, you know, I evaluated 14 applicants and I voted thumbs down on all of them. And so, you know, so we, we account for that and we will treat that evaluator as an outlier and we will discount his vote because he's on the edge. Got it. Yeah. The throw at the top, throw at the bottom, go for the middle. It's sort of like a Olympic subjective judging, but you kind of need to do that to play fair. Correct. Yes. So let's talk about the size of this then for a second. You said earlier, venture backed, obviously investors look for a big market, a big prize. Yep. When you when you take a look at this secret market of retained search, how many do you think are actively live at any one point? How, when you think about the US market, how many retained searches are going on at any one point? So I will say that it's far bigger than you would ever think. Um, 
the official market research, you know, according to the analysts, will tell you it's around a 12 to $15 billion industry. We think it's around three to four times that size. So around 40 to 50 billion. Last time I checked, that's a pretty big market. We've crowdsourced over 15,000 or close to 15,000 retained searches at this, at this point, which is not a small number. I think that represents low single digits of the total available market. There is an incredibly long tail of executive search firms out there. You know, for example, you know, what you said earlier, Corby, I've heard a trillion times before, well, maybe not a trillion, but a thousand times before, i.e. I know a lot of search, you know, professionals in my function or in my market. You might think you do, but you know very, very few versus the total universe. There is no barriers to entry in the executive search market. It's not like to become an executive recruiter, you have to take a test like a real estate agent. I can hang up a shingle tomorrow and call myself Joe Meyer Recruiting Firm. There are hundreds of thousands of executive search firms out there from small one or two man boutiques all the way up to the Russell Reynolds of the world uh, and everything in between. So it's a, it's a very large market, but it's unknown. Not many people have spent much time, you know, trying to figure out this market. And I feel like we're one of the few. And so when you pull your members, what is it about the platform that they, they really like, they, they thank you for, what is it the benefit that you're bringing to them? So it's, it's an interesting question. It's kind of like when I was running Hopstop, which was the startup before this, which created a multimodal pedestrian navigation transit routing app that was acquired by Apple. You know, it was highly popular and we received a ton of feedback from our members, our users, but we received just as much negative feedback as positive, uh, if not more negative. Uh, and actually the negative feedback is more helpful than the positive. You know, when you build a network of, of now 50,000 plus high caliber professionals like we have, all of those folks are very smart, opinionated, you know, think they're right sort of professionals and they will share their thoughts with you. Uh, and tell you what they think you're doing right or wrong, oftentimes what they think you're doing wrong. So I value that feedback, but it, you know, it also keeps me awake at night. But, you know, I heard a long time ago, if, if your users didn't care about your service, they wouldn't share their thoughts on it. Our members definitely share their thoughts on our service. Keeps us on our toes. Including uh, you, including you, Corby. I was going to say I might have been guilty once or twice of doing yeah. that, but I've helped a lot too, both ways. Yeah, so uh... you have. I'm a big, listen, personally, I'm a big fan of the platform. And, and part of the reason I wanted you on today was so that I could expose it to, to my network. So talk about the signup process, maybe help my, uh, help my listeners know how to get involved. Yeah. Signup process is super easy, to be quite honest. You know, it gets approved. It's free to join the network. To apply or to sign up, I should say, all you need to do is give us your first and last name and your email address. Validate that you own that email address via a verification email uh, that you need to reply to. With that information, we can pull a lot of information on you based on your background. And through that vetting process that I described earlier, which is a mixture of art and science, we'll let you know if you know, you're invited into the network. If you're not, you're not rejected. You're just simply deferred for six months. And then we'll reevaluate you in six months because we know a lot of people are progressing in their career, always progressing. And, you know, some of the process is subjective as to whether you get in. So, you know, we'll put you in front of new peer reviewers as well. But it's simple as just giving us your name and, and email address. We don't ask you to build a profile. We don't ask you to send us a resume. We don't ask you to create a profile, update that profile. You know, uh, people are busy. They don't have time for that. But we know who you are when you, when you apply. And then we'll expose you to 
thousands upon thousands of confidential searches. If only the dating sites were as simple as that. The peer review dating site, I'm, I'm sure yeah. it's coming next. Yes, exactly. And then I'd say, tell them Corby sent you so that you can get in front of me as a peer reviewer. Because I'm, I'm actually pretty good. I've only rejected a couple. But uh, I think that's because you do such a good job of, of actually attracting, really, the demographic that you're trying to attract, which is the professional, the executive, or at least the yeah. person who's on the cusp of sort of moving their career in that path. Yeah. I mean, we get asked that question a lot, which is, what percent of applicants do you defer or not approve? I'm not going to give you the exact percentage, but I will say this, you know, if Stanford only accepts five or 6% of their applicants, we actually accept and approve the majority of our applicants, mainly because there's a lot of self-selection at the top of our funnel. So, you know, when you go to our site and you see CEO jobs and COO jobs and CRO jobs and CMO jobs and VP of jobs and SVP of that jobs, you know, if you're a recent graduate, you're not going to join that network. If you're uh, a barista at Starbucks, not that there's anything wrong with that. You're not going to, you know, it's not a good fit for you. So there's a lot of self-selection in terms of who tries to sign up. And then plus, you know, we rely on referrals from our members quite a bit. And, you know, I think the majority of executive members like you, Corby, realize that it's important to keep the, the quality of this network high. And you probably put it through your own quality funnel of who you invite and who you don't. And therefore, we approve anyone who gets referred to us by an executive member instantaneously, automatically. It's a great service. And you know, for anyone who is currently in a situation of looking, being displaced, and or just wants to make sure that they're exposed to all of these, I, I highly recommend it. And send me a note on the side, and I'll refer you. That way, you can maybe get in a little faster. But um, exactly. Listen, and, 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 you brought, and you brought up a good point, which is uh, it's a service that not only benefits the active job seeker, and obviously, there's a lot of active job seekers now with at least here in the US, 45 million-ish people unemployed, and that goes all the way up to the top of the food chain. I'm sure unemployment rates in Canada are you know, pretty similar. But ExecThread is a great service, even if you're not actively looking and you wanna just keep your finger on the pulse of the market. If you wanna be opportunistic, if you're a tire kicker, if you wanna kind of be reactive, you know, if you're gainfully employed, but you wanna just kind of see what else is out there, it, it meets and, and hits all those use cases. Well, Joe, I look forward to my Friday uh, updates with uh, your personal little twang uh, on it. And I will say the things that you write about are very topical, uh, bias-free recruiting, gender neutrality, Black Lives Matter. I I'd say you're very much on top. And, and as a, a customer of your platform, I, I do appreciate that. So uh, 48 or 49% of the exec thread network are underrepresented professionals. If you compare that to the percent of underrepresented professionals at the executive level in North America today, we're over-indexing by a good 2.5 to 3x. In a world where 80% of the executives are white men, you know, you have a vetted, curated, talented network like ExecThread where 50% are underrepresented professionals, whether it be women, people of color, LBGTQ+. And the fact that we didn't do that intentionally, you know, you're looking at me, I'm a white male myself. I didn't build this network intentionally to either appeal to one demographic or another or only for one demographic or another, like many other platforms do. But I firmly believe that the value prop of providing, if you're an executive member, you get far more efficient, faster, quicker access to the best jobs in the world. That value prop disproportionately I think appeals to and benefits underrepresented professionals more than you know than not because in a world where you rely on who you know to find out about the opportunity, who does that benefit the most? It benefits the, the eight out of ten who are in that 
position of power who are not underrepresented. Whereas with exec thread, if you're a member, everyone has equal access to the best jobs. It's a very strong, very, very, very strong and compelling reason to become part of the the ecosystem. And yep. I'm glad it worked out that way. I, I'm also glad that you decided to uh, take that second job and set your path to work for a bit of a passion project, Upper Deck, and and really follow your heart, follow your own path. And and it's led you here. It's you know led me and many, many, many others, 50,000 of us to become part of your ecosystem. And hopefully at the end of this, we're going to get everybody listening to sign up as well. So Joe, on behalf of the listeners, uh, thank you for being with me today. Again, it's uh, execthread.com and look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you, Corbin. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.